0: So how many are study the word this morning? <coughs> well, today, on this Shabbat, we begin to read a new book of the Torah. This is book three, Vayikra, which is Leviticus. And Vayikra is considered the Torah of the Kohanim, which is The rabbinic priests it is called this because most of the book deals with the laws of the temple the laws of the temple services and other laws relating to the priests and their responsibilities as rabbinical priests well since this book details it uh, deals mainly about the temple services then we have to ask ourselves a question since it dealt with the levitical priests and the the levitical priests uh, roles and responsibilities are no longer performed then we have to ask ourselves the question why should then we be reading it as believers why should we read leviticus why does it even apply to us why should we even study it why can't we go into a spiritual spring break for the next 10 weeks because it's the next takes weeks which will cover the parashot for this book. So what do you think? How many think that there just may be something within these pages of this book for us? So how do you know that? How do you know that there must be something there for us? Romans 15 verse 4 and 2 Timothy 3 16 through 17 says the following
1: for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So when these ideas enter
0: into your mind as you go through the books and you begin to understand what the, the books in the, in the Bible are and you begin to question what does that have to do with us? These two, these two uh, references that I gave you this morning should come to your mind and should be in your heart. Put them in your heart so that when you're reading, your mind will co- pull them back to say there must be something there for us. Vayigra is important to us for many reasons, as you will see by reading it over time over the coming weeks. I want you to look and listen for parallels spoken in the Brit Hadashah. I know I'm, I'm personally studying um, the, the books and compilations of uh, Enoch. And uh, as I look at that, I'm always looking for the parallels of the sources. And it's amazing on, on those, those documents that pre-exist the uh, Brit Shah and, and even our um, uh, influence through the, the Tanakh, that you see a lot of examples there that, that those that were in the first century actually relied upon other external sources that we don't necessarily review um, or see. And yet, in order to understand some of these writings, you need to understand the basis and the culture and the thoughts behind it. So, as you go through the Brit Kaddishah, think about just the Tanakh and what verses in the Tanakh apply in the Brit Kaddishah. Take time to learn and discern what applies to today and where it doesn't, because sometimes it doesn't. So, let's look at an example. Do Sacrifices in the temple apply today the answer should be No, and then you need to ask why not? Why not create our own altar to God and sacrifice as ins- Instructed in Leviticus in Vayikra? Should we do that Some do we know that it was a problem even in the first century. The Samaritans felt that there would be another place to, to, to worship God and created another place of worship outside Jerusalem. But we can't do that because the temple was destroyed in 70 AD first, where these, uh, where these apply to from the tabernacle and then into the temple. But then there's no instruction to build another temple yet but if that's the case are these temple rituals that are expressed and, and the roles that are played expressed are they to come back once again your answer should be yes well how do you know well look at ezekiel 40 through chapter 43 and you're going to see there that this is a discussion where the third temple uh, is uh, talked about. And this third temple will be built. So now we have a basis for these, this source document, but it is for something yet to come. But uh, why is there going to be a third temple? How do we know that there's going to be a third temple? We just read it, referenced it in Ezekiel. How do we know? Second Thessalonians chapter two verses three through five i 'm taking you through this exercise because this is how you take the Old Testament scriptures and contrast them with the new, uh, to correlate them and understand the significance so that you can learn from what has been provided to us in scripture Second thessalonians two three through five says this
1: Let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things.
0: So, temple of God, this reference in Thessalonians, it's not in existence now. It is in the future. We expect a third temple to be built. Rabbinic Jews believe that there's a third temple to be built. So where would they have instruction in order to follow besides what's written in Talmud? um, uh, What should the rabbinic priesthood do? um, And Levitical priesthood, what things will they follow in this third temple? So we have that in this context. But we also see where Yeshua mentions some things in Matthew 24, verses 1 through 15, which says this.
1: And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be fam- famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake and then shall many be offended and shall be betray- and shall betray one another and shall hate one another and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many and because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold but he that shall endure until the end the same shall be saved and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Stand in the holy place. Whosoever readeth, let him understand.
0: So even though Yeshua spoke about the existing temple that would be destroyed, the second temple, he references the third temple, and his references are found in De- the book of Daniel, chapters 9, 11, and 12. Now about this Antichrist reign, how, will this third temple, will it get destroyed? Yes? No? Maybe? Well, the answer is in Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21:22, and Zechariah chapter 14, which is a reference, says the following.
1: And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it.
0: So, we don't know the circumstances, but we know that that will be gone and it will be replaced by what God will prepare. Because remember, the things that are on this earth are just a type and shadow of the things that are in heaven. Now, let's discuss other examples to draw you to God's discussion of sacrifices and offerings. Let's return to the Shemot Exodus, chapter 19, verses 3 through 8, which says this.
1: And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me, above all people." For all the earth is mine and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of israel and moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the lord commanded him and all the people answered together and said all that the lord hath spoken we will do and moses returned the words of the people unto the lord you have seen
0: what i did in mitzrayim brought you unto myself. Now obey my voice, keep my covenant. Then all the people agreed, not only for that time, but for those that would come in the future. It's as if the spirits of those in the future were actually there on that day. Now for over 2,000 years, there has been another priesthood being established. The book of Hebrews, chapter 7, verses 11 through 15, begins to contrast between the Levitical rabbinic priesthood and the royal priesthood that comes in the form of uh, the servants of Yeshua who comes like unto Melchizedek. Hebrews seven eleven through 15 says this.
1: If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, there is, there is made a necessity of change also of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident for that, after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arise another priest.
0: So, when you look at that word perfection, it really means maturing. And the Levitical priesthood never was intended to mature into the level of converting or transitioning from a physical priesthood, which it provided that service in the temple, to a spiritual priesthood, much that would be serviced. Under the lines of Melchizedek, which was needed and is needed to support Yeshua as our high priest.
1: Revelation 1 4 through 6 says this John to the seven churches which are in Asia, Grace be unto you in peace, from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests, unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So
0: why is the priesthood not of this world? John 18.36 says this.
1: Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight? that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom, not from hence.
0: Making a distinction between the physical priesthood and the spiritual priesthood, we then see in 1 Peter 2, verses 9 through 10, um, the, the, the discussion of the royal priesthood, which says this.
1: But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him, who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy.
0: Called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now that we have been called out of darkness, what happens since we are still in a dark world? Matthew five fourteen through sixteen and Philippians two fifteen say the following.
1: Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. So, so our
0: servanthood, our instruction, uh, much like the Levitical priesthood is spoken of in, in Vayikra, our instruction is to take the good news, the gospel of Yeshua, to this world in the darkness with the hope that those that may dwell there will receive Yeshua as their high priest, as their Mashiach, and thus also enter into his light. So what are we not supposed to do? As we're operating in this environment of, of darkness in this dark world uh, yet we shine brightly uh, through Yeshua's presence within us as stirred by the Ruach HaKodesh what are we supposed to do 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verses 14 through 18 talks about it here and this is the this is how we have to transition between our spiritual lives and our physical lives 2 Corinthians six fourteen through 18 says this.
1: Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty.
0: So it says not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers, and yet how do you take the good news to unbelievers um, if we're instructed in Second Corinthians not to have that interaction? Well. The real answer is is that we are to interact, but we are not to mix. This goes to mixing, and there's lots of examples in the Tanakh that talk about mixing between, between uh, the unbelievers and the believers, even in the day of the, the Tanakh, where it talked about those that came out of Mitzrayim and came with Israel, the children of Israel, and you saw the problems that was associated with that mixing, and you see the idol worship, all of that, talked about here. How many know God hates idol worship? Why does he hate it? Why does he hate it? Because his creation, man and woman, would take a statue, would take some other form and worship it over the one living God who created them. That's why he's a jealous God. That's why idol worship is so hated by our God. 1 Corinthians five eleven through 13 says this,
1: But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or a covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner. With such an one know not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within." But them that are without God judgeth, therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person.
0: So this talks about instances in in many scriptures. One is about about, uh, planting the seeds in the ground, which ones stay, which ones don't survive. What are the reasons for that? It also talks about the mixing within a community. We know that scripture says that we're not supposed to tear the tears out of those that may be among us. Chances because God will take them out, and then there's always that hope or there's a chance that those people will teshuva; they will turn from their ways and come back. So, so we see this example of here in First Corinthians talking about how to deal with those in this dark world that may be among us as believers. So we are to be a royal priesthood. And thus are to follow Davarim, Deuteronomy 10:12 through 16, which says this.
1: And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command, you, command thee this day for thy good. Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord thy God, and the earth also with all that therein is. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you above all people, as it is this day. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked. Why?
0: Why should we do this? First Samuel 15:22 through 24 says
1: this. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in thy words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice.
0: Circumcising the foreskin of your heart is beginning to turn to following God's instruction, following the obedience, becoming obedient to God, uh, and not observing offerings and sacrifices as the way to worship God. Now, how are you to act? How are you to function in your role and duties as priests with, within a kingdom which is not of this world. How are we to do that? Micah 6, 6-8 says this.
1: Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God.
0: This example of Micah also mirrors images, the the reason why we see um, uh, Noah being saved. The same calling out of those characteristics of Noah are called out here. Now, in replying to God, Israel proposed to make up for her sins by offerings and sacrifices. But God replied that he had previously told them that he preferred obedience, spiritual obedience, and spiritual obedient people, which is different from physical, to do justly, Romans chapter 2 verses 23 through 25 and first samuel chapter 12 verses 14 through 16 says the following
1: thou that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law dishonorest thou god for the name of god is blasphemed among the gentiles through you as it is written for circumcision verily profiteth if you keep the law but if thou be a breaker of the law thy circumcision is made uncircumcision If ye will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. But if ye will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you as it was against your fathers. Now therefore stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes.
0: So you need to... Ponder about what is obedience and and what is uh, offerings and sacrifice and be able to just start distinguishing distinguishing that am what I what I'm doing is that uh, an offering is it a sacrifice or am I doing it out of obedience so while we are in this world and soon to be preparing for Pesach why is this important Making this distinction between physical and spiritual, we need to look to begin to look at the transition into more of obedience versus offerings and sacrifice, which tend to get a hold of us when we're operating in our physical realms that we live in. Isaiah 52 verse four and five, and Ezekiel 36:20 20 through23 says this.
1: "For thus saith the Lord God, my people went down aforetime into Egypt." to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. Now therefore, what have I here, saith the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught? They that rule over them make them to howl, saith the Lord, and my name continually, every day, is blasphemed. And when they entered unto the heathen, whither they went, they profaned my holy name, when they said to them, These are the people of the Lord, and are gone forth out of his land but I had pity for mine holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, whither they went. Therefore say <laughs> unto the house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whither ye went. And I will sanctify my great name, which, has, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes.
0: Don't let his name be defiled among the darkness of this world, but be obedient to his commands, and remember Isaiah 42, verse eight, and chapter 48, verses 11 and 12, which says the following.
1: I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images, for mine own sake, even for mine own sake, will I do it. For how should my name be polluted? And I will not give my glory unto another. Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my called. I am he, I am the first, I also am the last.
0: Now, let's turn our attention to the of Kadeshah. And listen and look at these verses in action that we just read. Acts 12:18 through 23 says this.
1: Now as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers. What was become of Peter? And when Herod had sought for him and found him not, he examined the keepers and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and there abode. And Herod was highly displeased with them in Tyre and Sidon. But they came with one accord to him, and having made Blastus the king's chamberlain, their friend, desired peace because their country... Was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of God and not of man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory, and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost.
0: Because God will not share his glory with any man. So in closing, as you begin to prepare spiritually, transitioning from physical offerings and sacrifices and and obedience, physical obedience, into more of a spiritual focus as we begin to reflect upon and prepare our spiritual selves for this coming most important feast, Pesach. Remember, obedience is more important than sacrifice. It will keep you separate from this world that you may shine forth through him. So listen in closing to these words of Yeshua found in the book of Yochanan, John, to reflect upon in the coming preparation times that we all have. John 15, 1 through 21 says the following.
1: I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. the same bringeth forth much fruit. For men gather them. Excuse me. It's a lot of lines here. For without me ye can. So I'm going to start at verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man... Abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gathered them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Heron is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you, continue ye in my love." If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of this world, but I have chosen you out of this world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me.
0: So as part of the royal priesthood, and a servant and a friend to the most holy Yeshua, he's just spoken to us. And you need to take these words to heart as you enter into the preparation time for Pesach, amen. It's our duty to praise the master of all, to ascribe greatness to the author of creation, for he's made us unlike the nations of the land, And has not placed us like the families of the earth. He has not made our portion like theirs and our lot like their multitudes. And we bend the knee and bow and acknowledge our thanks before the king over kings. The Holy One, blessed be he. He stretches out heaven and establishes earth's foundation. And the seat of his glory is in the heavens above. And the presence of his powers in the most exalted heights. He is our God, there is none other. True is our king, there is nothing beside him, as it is written in his Torah. And you shall know this day and take to your heart that the Lord, he is God, in the heavens above and in the earth below, there is none other. Amen. Let us stand again.